Hey, what is up, everyone? It's the guy here, and welcome to another episode of The Mind Here, the bi-weekly podcast where I talk about new knowledge I've learned, projects I'm working on, and current events. Topics may be random, but I hope that with each episode, you can come away with a fresh perspective. Welcome to all of you who are here for the first time. If you like my content and want to see more, please consider subscribing. All right, today, this episode is going to be a special episode because we have a guest speaker on. We have here Joy. Welcome, Joy. She is a great friend of mine. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, say, say hi. Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, so hi, everyone. My name is Joy. I am a gap year student at the UPenn M&T program, and I am um, an or the organizer for HackOR. And throughout this gap year, I've been doing a lot of other projects as well. So thanks for having me here, Max. Yeah, no, it's an honor, honestly. Uh, we, what was it? We first met in like middle school, like yeah. seventh grade or something. <laughs> but then we became pretty good friends. We bonded over a web development class mm -hmm. in high school. So that was pretty awesome. And I admire you a lot for what you've been able to accomplish uh, during the gap year. So it's uh, pretty impressive there, I'd say. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, let's get started then. So with the, uh, you said you organized a hackathon throughout this break. That's pretty incredible. Uh, do you want to, I guess, explain a little bit what a hackathon is to the people who don't know what it is, or maybe have some misconceptions about it? Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest mis misconception of a hackathon without me even starting to explain what a hackathon is, is that when you hear the word hackathon, you think of it as something that has really high, you know, like very high, you know, barrier to entry. Like, stakes. oh, I need to be a stakes to entry. Yeah, I have to be a hacker, you know, a hacker, you know, need a program and all that sort of stuff to be able to attend one. But really the whole purpose of a hackathon is maybe even the opposite of that. I think anyone uh, during a hackathon, anyone with sort of a technical interest can come in and work on a project with either by themselves or with a group of people. Um, and it's a little bit intense in some scenarios uh, because the hackathon itself can be 48 hours, 24 hours, or 32 hours. So very short period of time create a project. But the project creation itself is really fun. And you can just sort of create anything with your team and um, you know, also learn stuff through the workshops and even seek help from mentors. So I think it's just uh, maybe even a short boot camp to learn code and hone in on your skills through project-based learning. Oh, gotcha. So it's more like, yeah, I think the short boot camp thing was probably a good like analogy for yeah. it. Because uh, yeah. when I pictured hackathon, uh, like even even before this. Uh, I, I thought of it as like where people that already knew how to code got together and like did something like almost like borderline nefarious or like super complicated, you know, like, <laughs> like, oh, you're gonna, in, in like 24 hours, you're gonna hack into one of these military satellites <laughs> yeah. for a test, you know, so something like that. <laughs> That's what I pictured. So yeah, great for clearing this up. I think that like, uh, there's... There, there can be like a misconception behind things. Sometimes yeah. the uh, vocabulary or the words that are used to describe things are sort of like misnomers. Yeah, like hack but... the word. There's not too much <laughs> yeah. cybersecurity involved either. I know there's a different type of hackathon that's like cybersecurity based, but hackathons itself are like projects and yeah. Yeah, okay. That's good to know though, yeah. Uh, well, okay, well, so now we know what a hackathon is. What was like <laughs> the process of 
organizing a hackathon yourself because like people typically okay like people attend hackathons but like not many people organize them so like how how was that how did you go about doing that yeah for sure so i'm organizing a hackathon called hack or and it is uh, a little bit different from you know other hackathon organizers experience maybe because instead of not only am i organizing it but it is a hackathon event that i am starting from scratch so other hackathons they probably have like templates uh but for me uh when i'm organizing it um i just started off an idea like I want to organize a hackathon. And, uh, you know, after I assembled a team, we sort of divided the task, you know, just like any project, even like a hackathon project itself, you have an idea. In this case, the idea is I want to organize a hackathon and you divide it into small achievable parts. Um, like, first of all, making a team and each team would do, you know, small parts of the overall event organization itself like we have a sponsorship team and we have an outreach team and event logistics team uh and also um teams on you know even beginner experience and i think that through any project even like event organization if you divide it into small achievable parts uh, it's really easy to sort of like get through that but like there is still a lot of uncertainty in organizing event a lot of things that we didn't anticipate so um also similar to a hackathon project itself, I guess what I what I what I feel like is that hackathon organization organizing a hackathon is kind of like a attending a hackathon, but long term, like over the course of a few months. So, just yeah. a bigger hackathon, a bigger and not hackathon. necessarily hacking things, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hacking the hackathon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When when is this hackathon? Can people still join, or uh, would they have to wait for your uh, next session if you're holding a, a next yeah. one next so, year? Depending on when you're watching this, you may still join because we're actually thinking of closing um, closing our registration for round two, uh, which is probably our final round uh, tomorrow. So. Hurry Ooh. up. Yeah. But if, you, I think if you're watching this on the day this comes out, better go sign up. Bro. Better go sign up now. You can sign up at hackor.org. Yes. And I think. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, what about, I guess, why did you start this hackathon then? I mean, it's it's quite a lot of work so there must have been like some kind of motivation for setting this up right what's yeah. what i guess what's different about this compared to another hackathon yeah for sure so um why did i organize this hackathon is a really long story so i won't go into the details of it but essentially the general gist of it. Yeah, the general gist yeah so essentially i actually haven't even heard of a hackathon like until my gap year started. Uh, during my gap year, I was like, wow, I need to work on some, you know, technical projects, uh, some things to keep busy, you know, since it's COVID, can't really travel or uh-huh. do other things. Uh, and then I discovered hackathons, yeah. which are like sort of like events that can help me both socialize and hone in my skills and, you know, meet new people. And I was like, whoa, this is like, awesome and while i was attending these hackathons i'm talking to my friends you know for example max and other people that i know and everyone i talk to they're usually like what is a hackathon and i found out that not a lot of people you know not as many people as i like to know about hackathons so i started hackathon as sort of like an event to bring hackathon events to more students 
And I think when I'm making this event too, I also try to, whether it is through a website or when I'm talking to people about it, just to emphasize how beginner friendly it is. Like you don't have to have hackathon experience before this, you know, anyone can attend and you can just attend also for like the workshops too. And yeah, I mean, my main motivation is to just get people into this community because it's really a wholesome community. And, you know, even when I'm organizing Hackathon, a lot of other organizers help me a lot. Uh, like, I would ping them. Like, people I don't even know. I'll be like, hey, I'm organizing a Hackathon, but I'm new to this. So how how what things do you recommend I do? And they would just be so helpful. And I think that's what's great about this community. And I think people should know more about this. That's a, yeah, that's, that's quite noble. That's a, yeah, I, again, like before this, I mean, I sort of knew what a hackathon was, but, uh, there were some, some friends that like, some of my friends did hackathons or like they attended hackathons, but like, again, it was, they already had coding experience. So going in, it was like, a uh, it, it seemed like, uh, just something that like people who knew how to code went in and did some like intense project on, but it's yeah. really nice to hear it's a, a beginner friendly. And also, um, like your your efforts to reach out to people and try to get people into the community, I think that's that's something that uh, maybe other hackathons uh, don't focus enough on, like reaching people that are outside of the coding community. You know, because it's probably quite easy to be like, "Hey, all you people who have done stuff, uh, here's <laughs> here's uh, here's something like on Stack Exchange or whatever, wherever." Yeah. Like a, a lot of like the uh like experienced programmers go on it's like hey there's a hackathon it'll be like oh cool but like to people who don't know what a hackathon is or even know how to code uh it's it's really nice to be able to like reach out and be like hey here's like an onboarding way to get into this community yeah so that's pretty valuable yeah say. and i think uh, max i really like when you said you know you used to you sort of knew what it is but knowing is different from actually doing it and i don't know i like that philosophy <laughs> sure. a lot but yeah yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I guess uh, the, just the like coding itself is something that some people have a misconception about yeah, sometimes, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if, if, you, if someone were to say, like, okay, so I want to get started with coding, what, what language would you suggest them to start with? What did you start with? Yeah, so I started with Python in sixth grade, and I dropped it like a hot potato. <laughs> and then I picked it back up and I was all right, I need to do this. But um, and then, you know, web development. So I knew a little bit JavaScript. So for me, it's sort of like uh, anything and nothing. And I think everyone's first language is also sort of like that. It's both like luck, what you, you know, had, what resources you had, you know, whether it's classes you take or books you read and, you know, what projects you want to work on. And first languages, I think if you sort of just ask anyone or Google what's a good first language. Uh, the first language that would pop up is Python. You know, that, that would make sense because uh, it's pretty versatile language and beginner friendly. But I would say that, you know, anything you want to learn or sort of fits for you, uh, you should make that your first language because your first language should be a medium of, you know, introducing you to coding and not a barrier, like something that you're coding, but you're not really having too much fun with. Uh, if you're not having too much fun with that language, you should switch languages. For me, I dropped Python in sixth grade because at the time I was really interested in making something that's, you know, visually, you know, appealing and Python's, you know, turtle mm, program just yeah. wasn't that. But later on, when I picked back <laughs> on it, I was like, this is actually really cool. 
but it just really depends on the circumstance and who you are. And, um, you know, it's less about which language you learn and more about, you know, when you're learning a language, if you, if you think it's not really for you, instead of extrapolating it to coding is not for you, you should just switch that language or try something out. Yeah. I don't know. That's would be my advice. Yeah, that's a good point you make that. Because yeah, <laughs> when you start off, I guess, uh, you you could either start off with, uh, so what, what happened with me was I wanted to start learning to code because I got into uh, a concept called blockchain. And there was this, uh, the, like the how you, uh, there's this uh, programming uh, language on the Ethereum network. Uh, right now, this sounds all like gibberish, but like, so I, I I wanted to do something on this network. And because the language that was used on this network is similar to JavaScript from what I've seen, I started with JavaScript because of that, because I wanted to like get onto that. But uh, they recommended like, you definitely should have like prior coding experience before going into something like experimental like that, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I had uh, a somewhat of a direction or like I knew I, what I sort of wanted to do. And then so I chose JavaScript as a start. And uh, for me, like JavaScript, it was, I guess, it, I, I learned pretty, I, I thought it was a pretty good language to start off with. Um, but uh, there, there were some things ab about it that might not be too beginner friendly. Uh, there's, uh, I mean, it depends on where you learn it to from, right? Because uh, there's there's a lot of like free online stuff that, which is really incredible. If you go online and search up on YouTube or Google, like tutorials on any language, uh, you'll find a whole lot of content on it. And even like Code Academy or for something, right? Uh, there, you can do some practices on there. You don't even need to download any kind of software on Code Academy. You can just go on and like start typing stuff in the browser and you can learn from it, which is really awesome. Uh, I think that's that's probably like one of the best tools to get started with because uh, it's it's really easy to get started with. You just make like an account um, on there and it's like a normal web application. You just go on there and like type some stuff. You don't need to get the uh, text editors or any advanced like IDEs um, for you to like purposely type out and uh, do stuff with the language. So uh, Code Academy was a great tool for me, I thought. Uh, but just in general, like even if you don't know what language to start off with, I would say that like just like searching up any language and just starting off with that as long as it's like popular enough that you'll have a lot of support with it. Um, I'd, I'd recommend a popular language, but um, any language would probably do well because I've noticed uh, when I've like started learning other languages that the concepts of uh, coding, some concepts of coding uh, carry out like throughout all the languages. Um, it's just that like there's different syntax or different languages approach things differently, but uh, just whatever you start off with, it, it can be, um, you can switch and you'll be able to learn much faster if you've already had prior experience in some language, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely the case. And that's also why it, it doesn't really matter what the language it is. Oh, it matters a little bit because some languages are harder to learn as a beginner because either mm -hmm. because of documentation or because of, you know, for example, lower level languages versus higher level languages. But even then, you know, the language, you know, you know, how abstract the language is doesn't quite affect like even learning lower level languages, they can actually help you maybe long term by understanding, you know, when you get to something that's more higher level, you can understand why it works. Um, and yeah, it really just depends yeah. on the person. Kind of a cop-out answer, but I think that's something that's important for everyone to know, but yeah.
No, yeah, of course. It, it really depends on who's learning it, too. Um, because, yeah, it might be easy for someone else to like to learn like a higher level language, but it might be better for someone else to uh, understand the lower level concepts of like, oh, yeah, it has to store things in memory, blah, 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 you know, stuff like that. And like understanding from the bottom up, uh, that might be something uh, it, it yeah, it, it really depends, I think, on the person. But it it's it's something important too to realize that like coding isn't this like magic thing where you put words into something and like like the computer magically does stuff um it's it's a tool that like tells the computer like different instructions right um and it's it's something that i feel like uh people if if you understand that like okay coding is just getting a computer to do things i tell it to do then um you can sort of like take a like a higher level look at it and like once you get into it um i feel like you'll also uh start understanding like the like how how programmers think a little bit because uh uh, you can uh, when, once you get into it, you can start seeing things like okay, you want to make things reusable. You want to do things that um, you can you can create uh, uh, you can create things that you can come back to later and reuse rather than like coding a whole do new thing every time you do it, right? So concepts like that, um, that and like understanding things. like data structures. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, stuff like that, like understanding how, like, how to manipulate information, store information, for example. That's a uh, pretty abstract stuff. Uh, if you want to actually implement it, it depends on the language, and there's like a whole bunch of different things. But like, just broad level stuff like that, I think, is also uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, essentially, just get into it. Doesn't matter how you get into it, but once you get into it, everything will, you know, make a lot more sense. But you just have to dip your feet in the water. Don't, don't you know, stress about all the other stuff, you know, everyone mm -hmm. has a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And another thing, I guess, uh, it might be some advice, because I know there's, uh, there's online courses that are free, and there's also ones that are paid. And uh, some people might be like, uh, some people might take the mentality of like free, everything must be free, you know, and do, <laughs> do things that are only free. No, I, I've, I fall prey to that. I like doing things free but there is a caveat i found to that where uh you know sometimes like especially with more reputable uh more reputable online courses like udemy for example uh there's a reason why they are uh paid courses uh, that paywall sort of gets people the people that like actually do buy the course really want to learn the course right and the course uh if if there's like good reviews and a whole bunch of reviews then you know it's going to be a good course um, and like some of the courses that I taken on Udemy, I did uh, buy a few courses and uh, go through them. I've, I found that like good courses that you come across, they don't just like they don't just teach you like okay, do this, then do this, then do this. Um, they they teach you why? a lot of like yeah, why broader concepts like uh, the JavaScript course I took. Like why do you do this in JavaScript? Like how does JavaScript do things like behind the scenes? And uh, they give you practices to do. So rather than like just okay, type this out, type this out, uh, looks cool. They they'll like purposely um, leave errors in there. So then they'll be like, oh, this error happened. Why did this happen? And yeah. it's like a learning experience, you know. And then they have uh, they have these exercises you can do. And then there's uh, like a, their version of it you can like check with. But as long as you like get the right results, um, it like teaches you like you, there's different ways to approach things. So uh, I, I I just think that like. Starting off, you might want to start with free stuff um, just to see if like it's something for you um, to get into, if this language is for you, et cetera, stuff like that. But uh, as you progress, sometimes uh, the paid courses, uh, I think they're well worth their money because 
what the whole thing about like courses and classes is that uh, they shortened the learning uh, the learning curve. The, they they flattened the learning curve, shortened the time it takes to learn um, if they're taught well. Because instead of like you know trial and error and looking through the documentation of a language, um, they'll like teach you how it works, and then um, you'll be able to like very quickly get onto it. So that's something to take into mind. I feel like with a uh, learning uh, a new language. Yeah, and sort of building on onto that, that is, you know, if you really sort of scale the meaning of what it's what a paid course is, and if you really think about it, college is sort of also a long, costly paid course. You know, it's paid a, courses. Yeah. It's a mega course. Mega <laughs> course, and in a way, um, you know, I think paid courses are good because. It also is a way to motivate yourself. Like, I paid for this. If I don't complete this course, I'm losing money. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> at least for me, you know, I when I when I find myself chugging through something hard, I'm just like, all right, mm -hmm. you know, if this is something that's paid, I'll be much more motivated <laughs> to finish it. Yeah, but, it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, and I but uh, yeah, I think it depends on the the class though itself. At least for me. Um, some things I think are, you know, might be even better if you learn on your own uh, versus a class. I don't know, like exploratory um, versus something something else might be easier if you actually learn it with a group. Um, and actually, I think um, I read an article somewhere that's talking about, you know, different types of learning. Like learning by yourself is sort of like exploring, you know, sort of sandbox, like, you know, trying things out, learning through doing. And learning through a course is more like learning through, you know, someone giving the knowledge to you, at least in my experience, because when I learn by myself, you know, I usually would either read the documentation, you know, try some projects on my own. Um, and I think the general rule of thumb, at least what I read, is that usually for easier things or things that you are more familiar with, it's better that you learn, you know, learn more about it on your own. Um, and then with things that are, you know, more abstract, um, and you don't really know too much about, I think it's better to learn it with a class. At least that's my take. Yeah, that's... Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. And I think that um, at some point, you know, you might start off with not knowing too much about it. And then you might say like, okay, a course might be better or like watching someone else do it, something like that. A structured, uh, structured learning might be better to uh, get yourself onboarded, but once you like get familiar with a language and you know stuff, or like any skill, for example, yeah, or it might be to... better than to yeah, yeah, it might be better to then jump to a project and say like, okay, I'm gonna apply this because it's one thing to like you know go through classes and be like, okay, this is how you do things, but it's another thing to uh, go do projects on your own and then like realize some mistakes and stuff. You know? Yeah, so yeah. I think one thing definitely I think, like switching back and forth. If you already know a programming language, you shouldn't pay money. At least that's my take. Okay. If you already know language, you shouldn't pay money for yeah. to learn another language um, because languages translate to each other very well. Like if you know, for example, Rust and you want to learn Go, you should probably not pay for a Go class just to like, read the <laughs> documentation. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's one thing though. I mean, okay, so this like this semester I was taking a, a Java class, right? Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> so. I I had I started this project during the summer. Uh, it was uh, it was like coding a Minecraft plugin, 
-hmm. and um, the, the, it uses Java, right? But before that, I had um, I, I knew about what, like JavaScript, um, which is different from Java, first of all. So those of you who don't know uh, know about coding languages, yeah, those are different languages. But so JavaScript. Uh, it's it's loosely typed compared to Java, right? So and and with Java, like a whole bunch of things are all like classes. So it's just basically like different structures of like uh, information. But the thing is, uh, <laughs> you, you might laugh at this, but like when I was looking at like comparisons between uh, like different strings, for example, mm -hmm. in in JavaScript, all you do is like the the, the equality operator, right? Equal, equal, <laughs> equal. Uh, but with with <laughs> with Java, you can't do that because it's not like a primitive. So then yeah. every time I kept using like the, the equality operator i was like why is it not equal but then <laughs> and then i discovered whoa there's yeah. like the, the the equals method but i didn't realize like what it meant and then through the course i realized like oh yeah a lot of this is like class based so like everything that's not yeah that's like class and i was like oh that makes so much more sense so some things like you might be experimenting with it and i guess it's good to learn some of those mistakes it might be frustrating at sometimes but uh you <laughs> with a structured course you like you can sort of avoid that sometimes but also i mean once you've made the mistake too you sort of appreciate the uh the effectiveness of the course right because yeah uh, that's for sure. <laughs> i will i yeah especially with a good professor um mm -hmm. just i was able to like really appreciate how like he taught the different um, how like things go together, how inheritances work, you know, s stuff like that. Uh, that's pretty, that's a very invaluable experience, I feel. But um, we also, uh, you mentioned that you are taking a gap year. So how was your gap year experience? Would you, ex would you not expect, would you uh, re recommend some like people do it or like certain people it might be beneficial to do it? What, what was your experience in what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so my gap year is definitely special. Um, after quarantine, it would not apply <laughs> to people a lot. Usually when people take gap year, they travel, volunteer, uh, work on, you know, work at a company, but in person, you know. Uh, my gap year experience, um, the bulk of it is hackathons, which is why, you know, I'm talking about hackathons <laughs> now. And yeah, yeah. a lot of learning. Um, but I think for recommending gap years to people, um, I've personally heard this advice from people too when I'm deciding whether I should be taking a gap year. And the advice is that you, whether you want to take a gap year or not, um, it should depend on it should not depend on circumstances like even the pandemic. The pandemic should not you know maybe decide whether you take a gap year or not. What really should uh, drive you to make that decision is what are you going to be doing with your time during your gap year? And I think when people even, uh, you know, when people are thinking of taking gap year, they should sort of like think ahead, um, you know, loosely, what are the things they want to do and how they can benefit from that gap year. Um, for example, um, for me, gap year is the time for me to, you know, build more skills and reflect and, you know, become more experienced in terms of like projects and, you know, work experience and that sort of things. And also, you know, learn about what I want to do. But for other people who maybe already have those experiences or know exactly what they want to do, uh, I would not necessarily recommend taking a gap year because that would just be sort of wasting your time. And yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's pretty good advice, I think. Um, and even here, here's the thing, though, like 
even with the i guess it's a it's sort of a norm to uh just like the, the traditional path of uh education is you go through high school and then you go to college get a four-year degree possibly a master's then go off you know that, that's the traditional route so it's just four-year college or something but uh i i think there, there's a there's a movement and i think it's a it's a good thing to start like questioning a bit about like what education route do you want to take um because not everyone like people are not the same like you, you are not the same as like the person next to you to like the person across like, halfway across the world right so to prescribe people the same education route i don't feel like um that's effective so for some people it might like even like depending on what you want to do you might uh, it might be make more sense for you to uh, go to trade school rather than college, or it might make more sense to do two year degree or uh, do like some other program, maybe maybe a gap year, or it might take you like five years to graduate doing something else that uh, gives you more work experience, for example, right? Um, that is something that that I feel like more people should uh, it should be. Uh, taught more or like just more people should uh, get exposed to like the idea that education isn't just something like they, they pipe like shove you through a pipeline and go like ah you are now a fully functional worker no 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 no, no. that's not how it works uh it's it's very like tailored to you and it's it's more that like what will add more value to your career and to your life right so like for you it made sense to do a gap year but like for me or something um it might not someone yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone yeah. yeah yeah it doesn't make sense um but i i opted to uh, go with a co-op and uh, people who aren't familiar with that is um, it's it's sort of like an extended internship uh, there's different sessions of a co-op um, you typically have either three or five sessions um, at least at Purdue and uh, what they are each session is sort of like either a semester so a fall semester or a spring semester or the summer and uh, you get you get like five sessions with the same employers, then you can keep coming back and like working on, uh, keep working on projects. And, you know, the longer you stay, there's sort of like a uh, economies of scale per se. Like if you uh, work in, 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 at an internship, um, you, you only get like this limited amount of time before like you cut ties sort of with the company. Uh, whereas a co-op, you get more time and experience with the company. So like you become a more valuable member of the company, for example. But like, of course, with like five sessions or even three sessions, it might take you longer to graduate. Um, and to some people that just the thought of like, ooh, five years or like not four years to graduate. That's like, it, it's it's pretty wild, but it's like education shouldn't be time-based, I don't think. Because like even with, if you think about it, even with like grade school and stuff, some people learn faster than others, right? But to expect people to, within like the same amount of time, learn um, like, okay, you go through grade school, it's a set amount of time, but each people, person comes out with like different, uh, like amount of like, uh, different amount of like learning from that, I feel like is sort of backwards, like the time should be um, sort of like dependent uh, on how how much time it takes for you to like learn a certain thing, right? So some people, uh, maybe it takes like, uh, I don't know, like 13 or 14 years to go through from like K through 12 or something, the the traditional grades K through 12. Um, but just like rethinking the idea of like the set, like time schedule of like someone taking, um, like going through these grades sequentially and then going through something else. Um, I feel like uh, people need to be individualized more instead of like thinking as like a commodity you just shove through an education pipeline to get a good workforce. Yeah, uh, for so sure. That's something, yeah, something to think about. 
if, yeah. wherever in your education career, I think. Yeah, I think as you grow older, you should have more, you know, you should put more thought into, you know, what really you want to do. And I don't know if the current education system emphasizes that much. I mean, we're, we're improving compared to, you know, like 10 years ago. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I think, uh. <laughs> okay, a little bit, a little bit. I think COVID also helped drive bit. the fact that, you know, different forms of education are yeah, all valid. And yeah, I just yeah. think it's very important for, you know, anyone to consider, you know, where you are in the system right now and where you sort of want to go. Mm -hmm. And even just the idea that like education is something you do at the beginning and once you start working, like going back to school, that's that's like a child's play thing. No, no, no. <laughs> like education is something you can like add on to your like yeah. to, to your career, but right? Because uh, especially Yeah, sorry, continue. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I was about to Oh my bad. <laughs> no, I just I feel I agree with that so much. It's just like even after you graduate, people think, Oh, I graduate. I'm not gonna have to learn anymore. That's totally untrue. No, you have to yeah. keep learning. You have to keep... Education is, yeah, yeah. lifelong. Bruh. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and, like, especially in, the like, the modern day when there's, like, innovation happening left and right, right? And, like, everything is, is changing so rapidly. Uh, technology is evolving so fast and, like, uh, different social phenomena are happening all at once and converging, for example. Uh, it's, it's important to, like, periodically come back and, like, re-educate yourself in some things, I feel like. Because, like, you might be... Uh, you might know how to operate like a CNC or something, but uh, if you if you go on for ten more years, you might not be needed anymore. You might need a new skill set, or even just like adding on to your skill set, becoming like a more valuable, like learning different machines that are out there. Like, oh, it's a three D printer. How do you like work with that compared to a CNC? And like know the ins and outs if you're like a t technician, for example. Uh, adding on to your education shouldn't be something that's like uh like additional school shouldn't be seen as like oh you didn't like learn everything you needed um during your normal school years like of, of course you didn't you you wouldn't you didn't expect like and like all this like technological in innovation to like happen within the 10 years right mm -hmm. so like continuing education um like not necessarily going back to college per se like you could probably um do like any sort of like type of education almost um, whether it be like a, like a different course program, a boot camp, or like, yeah, going back to college, whatever it may be. Uh, but like just continuing that education is something, uh, that, uh, is, is pretty important, especially with the modern workforce. Yep. All right. Uh, oh yeah. And one thing you mentioned how you're, when you were, uh, creating the, uh, like the hackathon, right. You had a whole bunch of help with it. Um, and this is sort of like tangentially related, but um, you're also probably familiar with like the open source uh, culture of uh, coding community, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about like your, your thoughts on this open source culture and how this different, like maybe first off, like what is open source? And then like, how is this different? And like, what do you, do you feel about it? Yeah. You probably have so, more experience than I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I don't know. Everyone has a different experience of open source. When you're when you're saying okay, when you first asked like, talk, would you want to talk a little bit about how you feel about open source? I'm like, what else would I say other than it's awesome? And <laughs> it just, um, I think it's 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 like a community. You know, before coding is like, especially I think it's more applicable in the workforce, but like in when you're at work. But 
um, before companies would, you know, code, you know, and their code would stay within, you know, their their company. But with open source, uh, essentially, it's uniting the, you know, the mental power and knowledge of all of the, you know, the people interested in tech to give anyone, not just, you know, the big companies, the ability to contribute to the industry as a whole. And I find that really powerful, you know, sort of like similar to crowdsourcing. And um, I just, I don't know, it's really cool. And anyone can get involved. That's sort of my take. I don't, I don't know what other opinions I would have other than it is mm-hmm. good. I'm still learning about the community itself uh, myself. But I think that anyone who's you know interested in tech should definitely check out what open source is. Um, yeah. By the way, not sure if my description is 100% correct, but that's sort of like my take <laughs> of what the community is. You can probably find out what it is by Googling, you know, what is open source? And there'll be people that have like, you know, tens, uh, you know, and many years of experience in the community who could probably answer that better than me. And I think that's also the beauty of the community because there's a lot of people involved. That's yeah. true. Yeah, it's a, a lot of it, I, I feel like is, is about community. Like I don't have that much experience. And one of like the reasons why I sort of asked it was because I, I'm very interested in the, the open source nature of some projects and uh, yeah, like projects? How, how programmers uh, like collaborate together. Um, a, a good chunk of the, the blockchain projects that I, I spoke of. So just, just like another like uh, experimental uh, like projects, a good chunk of those are open source, which means like you can see the source code, you can see what's like written there rather than just like the, the obfuscated binary uh, files that you like you you click on to run your program or something. Yeah, right? you can also so like yeah sorry. yeah so yeah. stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. Um, so it got me interested in like the the community aspect of it. Just yeah, it, re- it really pops out and I. It, it's wholesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would, that's the word I would use too. Yeah, it's a rare word to use on the internet today, but <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I I think this yeah this was a really good episode. I I got I learned quite a bit about this mm-hmm. uh, about like just coding uh, it's, itself and your your different experiences. So I really appreciated you for uh, coming onto my episode today. Thank you so much, Joy. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Thanks yeah. for having where me. Would you, where would you like people to follow you if you uh, if you want to be followed by people, the, the <laughs> few people that watch this or listen to the these episodes? Yeah, so I actually don't have that many public accounts, um, but you can follow the Hakawar Hackathon. We're probably going to go annual, not sure, at, at the Hakawar. Uh, same with Facebook, same link. Um, and then I guess if you're curious, I also draw. You can follow my art account. In fact, you can probably put all of this. Really good. Yeah, yeah. Thank oh, you. yeah. I'll put them in the description yeah. uh, for you guys to link to. So, uh, yeah, take a look. Check her out. Uh, I appreciate everyone for listening. And, of course, thank you so much, Joy, for coming to this episode. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, leave them down in the comment section below. Uh, stay tuned. I'm hoping to get more guests like Joy on here. But it was a pleasure. Joy, thank you so much for coming. And uh, take care, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Thank Adios. you. See you, everyone.